Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. This is a podcast by 20-something, for 20-somethings, or 20-somethings at heart, where we dive into the real and the raw, the uncomfortable and the messy. This is a place for you to receive wisdom from ladies who have been where we're at and can guide us along this crazy time in our life. I am so excited that you are here. So grab something refreshing and let's get on with it. Hey gals, this week on the podcast, I have Ritha Nicole. I loved chatting with Ritha. She is hilarious and this episode is just so fun. I'm excited for you to hear it. Ritha, just so you know, a little bit about her. She is a small business coach and a mom to three boys. We are talking today on the podcast about how to balance our work and social life. And this is something that has been requested several times and it was so stinking practical. I'm excited for you guys to hear it, so let's get on with it. so much for coming on the Water with Lemon podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to have you, Rita, and you have been talked about a lot and recommended to me, so I'm excited just to chat with you today, get to know you a little more, and for you to just be able to speak over us ladies in our 20s. You know, the thing about in your 20s is you don't even know that you need someone to speak over you. <laughs> right. So... I'm excited to get to do it because I think that everybody that listens to this, like, you don't know that you need it, but you'll hear some. I hope that you'll hear something and go, oh, yeah, okay, I may put that in my hat and keep mm-hmm. that for later. Right. I feel like there's, there's like, a good chunk of us who are, like, please, somebody just, like, help me. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. I need so much help and older, wiser women, please. And then there's the other chunk that's like, I got this. I'm in my twenties. I can do it, you know? So, and, and, you know, neither one's necessarily wrong, but for me, I'm like, please just tell me all of your wisdom. I just want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Give me all <laughs> yeah. So Rita, how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you and what your life looks like these days. My name is Rita Nicole and I am a wife and mom to three boys. I always wanted a girl, but I have three boys and I'm oh. done. I'm not having any, I'm not trying again. Um, but I think I'm a boy mom. I love it. Um, I am a certified small business coach and working on my certification for life coaching. I'm a life coach now um, as well. And I am also a speaker. I speak at um, women's events. Um, My passion is for women. Mm -hmm. I am really passionate about women not feeling alone as they walk through the many journeys and seasons of life. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Um, and so coaching is what I do on a daily basis. Um, that's, I help small business entrepreneurs get their business life and their personal life all the way together. So that's Mm. pretty much what I do. I like that a lot. I need, I need some coaching (laughs) (laughs) and that's kind of what you're going to do for us today in a sense, right? (laughs) Yeah. Cause you know, I, this, this has been a big topic that I've had on my list uh, ever since I started it uh, last March. And so I'm excited to talk about it today, just how to 
balance your work life and social life. And I think this is a big one for 20-somethings because most of us are coming out of college and starting the real world, and we've never really had to uh, be an adult, (laughs) a real adult, and have to balance uh, our social life and our work. It's, we've been a student. It's been balancing work, quote unquote, is you, you being a student. Um, but it's so much different once it's a real job. Uh, and so, yeah, I just want to talk to you a little bit about how to balance those. So, um, how about we start off and just kind of talk about the, what it looks like to have unhealthy, work and social life. So maybe let's start with work. Like what does it look like to have an unhealthy work life? Well, I think that unhealthy usually stems from too much of something, Mm. right? And so if you love what you do and if you are passionate about what you do, it's really hard for you to say, I'm doing too much of it. Mm. But if you look at, um, it's not a matter of where you're spending the most time as it's a matter of what else is in your day. So if you work all day and then you leave the office, but don't technically leave the office. And this is a podcast. So I want y'all to know that I'm putting that in air quotes. (laughs) If you don't technically leave the office, meaning you're on your phone and constantly still talking about, clients or deals or work, or you are still sending emails at 10 o'clock midnight, um, that is teetering into the unhealthy zone because Mm -hmm. it's okay to do that for a project or a launch. But after that, you should be able to add in other things so that you can work out some sort of balance. Mm -hmm. When I am going to launch a class or launch a workshop It does take a lot of my time. But once it's launched, if I'm still spending the same amount of time as Mm pre-launch, then it's like, wait a minute, I I must didn't do something right. Or that's taking up too much of my time. When is my time I saw a friend that is not also a coworker? Mm -hmm. When is the last time that I talked to someone about something other than this project or the new job or the new course. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that are signs that you need to say, oh, wait, I may be walking the line of in the unhealthy zone, Mm -hmm. right? I think it's okay to be engulfed in it for, um, and I use the word project because that's the best way to think about it, right? When Mm -hmm. you think about um, a project, that you have Mm -hmm. going on. And even if your work doesn't determine it, a project, then you name it that so that you can say, okay, I'm going to have to let this go. Right. Mm -hmm. Another way to think about it for people who don't have projects are like, say you are a, a baker, right. Mm -hmm. And so you, um, own a bakery or you are the head baker at a bakery. So, your workload could be determined by sales. So you don't want to get so engulfed in the sales part that you are working too much. Again, a question to ask is, when is the last time I saw something other than a cookie? When is the last time I spent my 
creative juices doing something other than sketching out a wedding cake or figuring out a new recipe. Um, I am extremely passionate about women, but I do like to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the things that make it unhealthy when it's taking up all of your brain space. Again, I don't like to say taking up all of your time because it may take a lot of time, but for a project or a big thing that you're working on. But after that, you should come down and do something else. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that you clarified it's not necessarily that it's taking up all your time because sometimes it has to especially if it's your job but just being aware of when you're not doing it are you still thinking about it because if so like it's probably something that you're idolizing right you have to be careful about that right Uh, a way to you know when you think about the idolizing part you have to be careful that you're not putting too much wait time and energy into that and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't, mm, I try not to say time as much as I will say brain space. Yeah. That's you know, good. how much of your brain space are you using for that? What else could your brain be being used for mm-hmm. that would let you know that your work isn't, I mean, you're not spending too much time in, in the unhealthy zone. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was thinking of this song. It's by Jimmy Needham. Uh, It's called Clear the Stage. Have you ever heard of it? It says in that song, and it has stuck with me ever since. It's like, it goes, uh, anything I put before my God is an idol. Anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol. And that was like, made it really clear to me because, you know, we throw around that like, that idol term, right? But it put it into practical terms for me, like anything I can't stop thinking of. So if you can't stop thinking of work, can't stop thinking of all these things, then you're clearly idolizing it. Yeah, Um, that's good. Yeah, that was really good distinction there. So, okay, then what does it look like to have a healthy work life then? Um, I think if I had to give you a word for a healthy work life, I'd say you have very good boundaries. That's a good word, right? That mm-hmm. um, everybody mm-hmm. understands, you know what that means. And if you have good work boundaries, um, then you have a healthy work life, meaning you have a time where you get off. Again, this is a podcast, so I'm putting that in air quotes <laughs> because... I know some people work from home, they're small business entrepreneurs, or they um, work for a Fortune 500 company maybe, but they still are work from home people. And Mm -hmm. so what's your boundary on that? Do you have a designated office space that you go to and when you um, are off, you get up from that designated workspace and you don't go back there. Or Mm -hmm. if you work in an office, when you leave, what's your boundaries? Are clients calling you all times of the night? Are they texting you? Are you checking email? You know, a big boundary that is hard for people to get their minds wrapped around is having um, email not be on their phone, work email not be on their phone. But depending on the type of job you have, that may be a good boundary to set because because our phones are so attached to us now, it's just common to just check it all day. You just, mm-hmm. you just it's in your hand all the time, you know? <laughs> and so 
a good boundary would be to how can I eliminate that? One of the ways that I decided last year, I think, I think it was 2017 to eliminate it was I got an Apple watch and I um, only put text notifications on, on my watch. And so I don't have any social media on my watch and email isn't on my watch. Um, and it was a way for me to set a new boundary to not be so attached to it. So, you know, that's just a, a boundary you could set up. But I, I'd say a healthy work life, you have some boundaries in place that make you, um, that allow you to have a healthy work life, whether mm-hmm. it be, you know, what time you get off, whether it be you don't take a call before eight or you don't take a call after six. Um, you don't work on the weekends or if you work a job where you work on the weekends, then you have a day that you say is an off day. Mm -hmm. And if you are self-employed, maybe you, you know, really define what your rest looks like. Mm -hmm. All of those things are ways to keep your work life healthy. Mm, That's good. I like the practical. (laughs) Yeah. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to be better about not, you know, checking my email. Well, how? Like, what are you going to do? Exactly. The coach in me says, how are you going to do that? When are you going to do it? How and by when? I mean, Mm -hmm. like all of my clients know when they say, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm always like, okay, by when? When's that going to happen? You got to set some sort of, or else we won't do it. I mean, as human beings, unless you have some major willpower or something, like delete the email app or delete whatever it is, you know, or... Yeah. New thing that has changed my life. Have you heard of screen time on the iPhone? Okay, so I have not tried it, but I was doing, what was that? I was in my settings for something, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, wait, that must be a new, that mm-hmm. must have been part of the latest update. I was like, what is that? Yeah, it's brand new, and you can set, so you can set downtime, which means like, all of your apps, basically, you can't click on, quote-unquote. You can technically, like, ignore it, but all of your apps go into this, like, faded mode where you're not supposed to click on them at a certain time. So, like, I've set mine for, like, 10.30 to 7.30 kind of thing. You can also set limits on your apps. So, like, how long you're spending on email or social media or things like that. You can set time limits, and it it, it'll it will it's also very scary we'll tell you how much time you're spending on those apps or just like on your phone in general so it's been really eye-opening for me and I thought I could start setting my social media at like 30 minutes a day and soon realized that it was like over an hour and a half instead so wow. it's pretty crazy and eye-opening to how much time you spend on your phone but it actually makes you aware if you like set those limits to how how much time you're spending on it and helps you like make better choices in that way. So, yeah. And you know, here's a positive thing about that because sometimes we look at those things as things being taken away from us, mm-hmm. but do a perspective shift on that and say, I'm setting this limit so that I can know that when my time is up, I need to creatively do something else mm-hmm. so that I know my time is up. I need to reach out you know, non-virtually to my friends or to nurture the relationships in a different way. Because I think one of the issues with social media is because 
so many of us post so many things, we feel like we're so connected to people that we're really mm-hmm. not connected to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like people, you know, you follow someone on social media for so long, you think you know them and you don't. So that would be a perspective change on that is to make us get back into building and nurturing relationships the mm-hmm. right way. That's good. I like that. There's replace it with instead of just saying, oh, my goodness, I can't believe my time limit is up. What am I going to do now? And then you sit there and then you end up clicking on it again or whatever, like replace it with something. Yeah. So what would be good would be, okay, let's go practical again. Right. So what would be good would be to say, all right, I heard them talking about this screen time thing on the podcast. So to set myself up for success, I am going to list 10 things that when I'm done with my screen time, I'd like to do. And then when your screen time is over, you may not remember the 10 things, but then you'll go, not what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to do one of those things that I already put on the list. Because mm-hmm. how many of us have things that we really want to do? Like before this podcast, I was like, okay, I have one hour to clean my pantry. Mm-hmm. And I set a 30-minute reminder for this and a 10-minute reminder for this podcast on my phone so that I could just, you know wouldn't have to keep looking at the clock and wasting time. It would just pop up on my watch Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from now. You have to record 10 minutes from now. You have to record, but I got that done. Right. Mm -hmm. So not that y'all asked me for practicality, but (laughs) if you need some, that would be a way to do it. So listen, now that y'all know me, come onto my social media when this comes out and ask me how I'm doing, because I'm going to now go and find that screen time thing again. (laughs) And I'm going to put, what I want to do when I'm out of screen time. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Everybody start DMing and ask her how she's doing. Be your accountability partners. <laughs> That's good. Listen, let me tell you, I just started. Well, now it's not just we're, we're almost 12 weeks in now, but I started working out and I thought, okay, if I'm really going to be serious about this, cause I've said I was going to do it so many times, I'm going to put it on social media <laughs> that I'm going to work out. And you know, I got the regular amount of likes and comments on the post, but honey, let me tell you, in six weeks, those people were DMing me like nobody's business saying, hey, are you still going or are you oh still God. going and you haven't been posting. And so I'm all about some accountability. Hey, so that's bring awesome, it. awesome though. Yeah. You know, you've that's got really some good. partners there. Yeah. Yeah, really, yeah. No, I really appreciate the practicality for sure. So, okay. We've talked about work life how do you know what does that look like in a healthy way unhealthy way and I guess we've kind of already dipped our toe in the water with social life but what does it look like to have an unhealthy social life so I'm gonna go relationship for a second because I think this is a big deal and it's kind of one of those things that out to your face but about you behind your back, ladies. So I'm just going to do it to your face. What (laughs) tends to happen when we get a new boyfriend is we spend so much time with him that we spend less time with our friends, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, wait a minute, how did that happen? Because 
I was your friend before he came, so I should still be your friend. Not that I want to be more important than him, but let's equal that out. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's when you get into the unhealthy parts of the social life. There are very, there are a lot of things I could say, you know, for unhealthy social life. So, you know, they could be partying all the time, drinking, all of that, but that's what you expect me to say. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say letting one person, whether it be male or female, engulf all of your time is an unhealthy social life. Mm. An unhealthy social life also is having no social life at all. Like, (laughs) seriously, that is unhealthy too. So those are the things that I'll say that probably no one would normally say. They'll say things like partying and not spending enough time with God. You know that's wrong. So there's no point in me saying that. You know that. (laughs) You know that already. So what I'm going to say is don't drop your girlfriend when you get a boyfriend. Don't drop him even if he is the one. Because if he is the one, then look at all the time that you have to spend with him. (laughs) Or if you say, well, I'm trying to figure out if he's the one. Great. Figure out if he's the one with balance with spending time with your friends, with having a social life, with going to small group, with Mm. not dropping your girls, with not spending time alone, with not spending time with God. Figure out if he's the one with all of that. Because if you think he's the one and you've been with him and no one but him, then when you try to add the things that make you you back in your life, guess Mm. what? He's going to sense that that's a change. Men don't like change. And he's going to think that you're a different person. No, be who you are from the beginning, right? Like, I'm social. I'm an extrovert. So I, if you're an Enneagram, I'm an eight wing seven. So I like social. Um, so if I spend all my time with him, then once I realize he ain't going nowhere, then I'm like, hey, I also like to spend time with girlfriends. Then he'll be like, wait, what? I thought it was all about me. No, you need to get you some friends too, honey. It's not. It's about (laughs) together, but we all should have some friends. So I think, you know, again, I could tell you a lot of things that are unhealthy, but you already know those if you don't DM me and we can go through them. But I know y'all are educated enough to know those. So I'm going to tell you the ones that people won't say, but they, you know, they look and they go, oh my gosh, Sarah used to call me all the time and now she's dating Rob and we never talk. Ding, 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 problem. Do that. Or, you know, I always want to hang with Sarah, but I also like Lindsay, but Sarah doesn't like Lindsay, and Sarah doesn't ever want me to go with anybody but her. Ding, ding, ding. That's a problem. Like, <laughs> you know, those things are unhealthy. And here's the other thing. If you are a, you know, I won't say your Enneagram number because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but if you are a deep introvert and you really like alone time, that's great. But it gets unhealthy when you don't also socialize with people because then you don't know how to do that. And if we go back to work life, there will be some times in your work life as well as socially that you'll need to do that with people. And so the social side of it can help you in the work side if you do it now. So don't spend all the time alone knowing that that's unhealthy. Mm. Preach sister. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like no one 
you're right. Most people usually dive into, like, the partying or, you know, things like that. And that's something that's so huge that nobody talks about a lot of, like, don't spend all your time with one person, especially boyfriends, but also, like friendships and codependency there and things like that so that's yeah that's because a good it's point. a balance right no one wants to say that you want to say you're getting to know him and y'all are spending all this time together and all of that and that is great let me tell you it's phenomenal it's lovely but you know what's also lovely going to dinner with a girlfriend and being like oh my gosh I really like him and being able to digest that with mm-hmm. someone else so that they can know the good and the bad with him. And because the person who is your person, right, who, who's your friend before him and after him, they don't have rose-colored glasses on. Mm. So they will be able to tell you, hey, you know what? He is cuter than cute, but he also smells. So listen, you probably should figure that out if you <laughs> think you're going to be with him. Or, hey, you know what? I don't know if you've noticed but he is so rude to his mother. Did you notice that? I don't have on rose colored glasses. And I'm telling you, if he rude to the lady who pushed him out, he ain't gonna be cute to you for long term. <laughs> you know, so those are the things that you need to be able to hear and see from somebody else because your view is shaded. Yeah. And if you're spending all your time with him, then you you're missing that you're missing the red flags. And listen, everybody's not going to have a red flag. I get it. But you just still should interact with others because you're not going to spend the next 50 years just interacting with him. And if that's your plan, that's unhealthy. Mm, mm. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> and and bring him around your friends, too. Like, yeah. mesh those two. Because, and be around his friends, too. Because how they treat their friends... And how they interact with other people, that's a big thing. I feel like too many people just date alone with that person, don't ever see them interacting with other people. And of course they can put on a show, but anyways, that's a whole other topic. Um, Okay, so healthy social life then. What does that look like? Wow, I think a healthy social life is, you know, it's really, it's a mix. It's girls, it's guys, it's it's family, it's it's everything. It's church life and work life, work friends and I mean it's it's a mix of everything. Are you you know, a good question to ask yourself is are you mixed, right? Do you have a good mix of um of everything that you should, right? So you should have okay. So I'm going to go a little deep here. Y'all just stay with me. But I'm on a podcast, so y'all can't see me, but I am black, okay? And so the other girl that I'm talking to, y'all have, y'all know her because this is our podcast. She's not black. So a good mix would be to ask yourself, do I have friends that don't look like me? Hmm. So that could be race. It could be class. It could be culture. Mm-hmm. Do you have a good mix of that? Because what that mix does is it brings a whole different dynamic for you, right? And it allows you to see the world 
in other people's viewpoint, right? You will never be black, of course, okay? So you don't know what it is to be black and to feel that. Mm. But when you become, when you do life with people that don't look like you, you won't be that, but you will be able to see things differently, mm. good and bad, because it's not all bad, right? When, when you have male friends, now, if you're married or you're dating somebody, get that checked first. Don't just be out there being friends with other sex because you think that's cute because it's not all the time. <laughs> but if you knew them prior, y'all had a good relationship and you shared that with your significant other, that's a good mix too because men think way differently than we do. Mm-hmm. And some of the things, the way that Christ made us and we we are emotional creatures, he did not make man like that. So some of the things that we walk through in life, it's good to get that other perspective. Mm-hmm. That is one of the reasons I believe that God made men and women to be married, right? Because you will need to parent, you will need to do some business and work stuff, and you need that, that different non-emotional perspective mm-hmm. because if not, oh my gosh, I would be on 10 all the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, my husband is more times than not, he says, okay so we're gonna calm down about that like (laughs) let's take it down a notch honey i think you could let that one go you think you could let that one go and i'm always like no i can't let it go i gotta say this and he's like all right just say it all to me because we're not gonna repeat it outside of here you know (laughs) so that's another part of that mix is the male perspective and you know again once you get married then you don't need as many friends of the opposite sex because God gave you that in a partner. Mm. But those are the ways that I think that you have a healthy um, social life is to get a mix, get some church friends, get some people that you really know you probably need to bring to Christ. They just give you a different perspective. Now we're going to bring them on, but you know, and have work friends and have Um, you know, friends you've known for a long time and sprinkle in some male friends that help you be so non-emotional. And if you are into Enneagrams and things like that, pick some people that are the total opposite. I mean, I'm an eight. You cannot be more opposite than having a friend that's a one. Um, So think of things like that when you think of, is my friendship healthy? Because if everybody um, looks like you, acts like you, talks like you, then you will, A, never think you're wrong. B, you will never see things from a different perspective. I mean, it could be anything. My best friend is um, nothing like me. And we got pregnant around the same time. And she was like, she was going to make her baby food. And I just was like, why? Because the store food is not good. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) And she was going to, she not even was going to, she did do the whole thing with her placenta and they made it into a pill. And so she took it every day. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. I don't know where they're going to put it. and I don't care, you know? And she was like cloth diapers. And I was like, dude, we're in the two thousands. Why are we doing cloth diapers? Like why, why are we washing that? You know? So, but it brings a different perspective because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things about, the birth and all of that, that she shared. And I was like, oh, okay, I could do that. Now I'm not doing no cloth diapers and I'm not making that food, but you know, I'll, I'll look into breastfeeding a little bit more now that you've said that. Right. Or, you know, I will 
we joke now all the time because um, her daughter is six, my son is five, and um, she read something that said, don't say no to your child. That's such a harsh word. And you know me, I was like, <laughs> but the answer is no. So why can't we <laughs> say that? You know, and she was like, you'll be telling them no all the time. So say not for Emma, say not for Emma, and then don't say no. And so I, again, perspective change. I did it. And so now all, both of our kids always say that all the time. They're like, no, that's not for you. That's not for you. Instead of saying no. So sometimes you just never know. And again, I'm an eight. So there are a lot of times I have to call her and say, should I say this? Cause I want to say this. And she'll say, no, <laughs> no, don't. Stop. No, you know? So I think it's healthy when you have a good mix. I love that for sure. I'm, I'm totally with you in all of that. And that's good to, to analyze my life and say, do I have a mix of all of those things? Like, am I, am I investing? Not just do I know people in all of my circles and talk to them? Like, am I investing um, in all of those different people too? So that's good. Yeah. And that's why I say do life, right? Because everybody knows and they hate when they hear people say, oh, no, I do. I have two black friends. And they're like, oh, if you had black friends for real, you wouldn't say that because we all think that that's bad to say that, right? <laughs> so that's why I say, do you do life with them? Because if you do life with somebody, that's a deeper connection, right? That's totally different. And so that that's what makes the difference. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's good. Let's pull in, like, do you have any nuggets of truth from the word about how we should how we should work or and how we should interact with other people in our social life. Yeah. Okay. So transparency moment here, y'all. I really do love the Bible and I read it every day, but my assistant did not send me the questions until two minutes ago. So I didn't know that she would ask me to pull something from the word. So the first thing I think is that we must, um, do our work must be like we're working for Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'll look that verse up and I'll send it to her after this podcast so that y'all can have it. But in the Bible, it does say that we should work unto the glory of God. And so it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. You should do it as if he is your boss. Cause Mm -hmm. ultimately he is. Mm -hmm. If you believe that God is your provider, then you are working for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And then as far as friendship is concerned or the social side of things, God made us to fellowship, Mm -hmm. right? The, whole purpose of the first church being formed was so that we can fellowship with each other because one strand is not as good as two, not as good as three. And so those are two verses remind me that I'll send you, but that's how we should work. That's how we should operate. Um, because that's how, that's what he created us. He created us to fellowship. And then I, every day on social media, Um, I'm going to look for this one because I know this one because I just posted it today. Every day on social media, I post a Bible verse. Um, and, and it started out, I just was doing it. I don't even know why. And then of course I was going to stop doing it. And I got, um, an email from a teen girl who was like, I don't know. I don't own a Bible. And so Mm -hmm. I haven't seen you do a Bible verse in like a week. And that's the only Bible I get. 
So, of course, you know, I was like, Aww. okay, Jesus, so me to keep doing that. All right, I got it. I'll keep doing it. <laughs> so, um, so it's amazing how that touches people. And now I get DMs all the time saying, I like the verse or I like that you do this every day. So today's verse um, was Proverbs 3, verse 9. And it reads, and I read the NLT version, mm-hmm. um, not that you asked me, but again, here's what I'll tell you all about the Bible. Find a version of the Bible that works for you. Don't read King James because y'all not going to a special place in heaven. It's not <laughs> a special King James version of heaven. So read the version that speaks to you. NLT, which is New Living Translation, is the one that I love. So Proverbs 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the best part of everything you produce. Well, so when you think about what you're working and why you're working, you, this verse would read two ways. One, honor him with your work and then give him a portion of what you produce. If you believe that God gave you the job and if you don't, I want you to start believing that after today. Call me. Let's talk about it. But <laughs> if you believe he gave you the job, then what would it be for you to honor him with that wealth? I I posted that on social media today. And sometimes when I post things, I'll write on top of it and explain. And I said on this one, how are you honoring God right now Mm -hmm. with what he's given you, which is a job that pays you a salary or they pay you something, right? Mm -hmm. How are you Mm -hmm. honoring God with that? Um, Because this verse says, to honor him with whatever you produce, which means all of that money that they give you at the end, give some of that back to him. How mm-hmm. are you doing it? And so I, I wrote on Instagram, don't get it twisted. It's not about the pastor or the church and you're paying his salary. Stop thinking about that. You know, it's just like when you pass a homeless person and you're like, I'm not giving them any money because they're just going to buy drugs. Well, nobody says that to you when you go buy a Starbucks knowing you on a budget. So you give... <laughs> And God will do the rest. You give, if you feel like you should give something to that homeless person, if they go buy drugs, that's on them. You did the part that stands for you. And so when you read that verse and you think about what God says about your work, it's unto the glory of him. So if you are working somewhere where you can't work for the glory of him, you need to leave. Here's what I mean by that. If you're working somewhere where they are driving you crazy every day and they are tearing away all the Christianity you have, you need to be asking God to move you up out of there before you get in trouble because (laughs) that's not what you want to do, right? Again, there's like a balance there, right? I mean, there's not going to be a workplace that isn't hard, but it's finding like that balance and, and figuring out. You know, are you supposed to be there? Yeah, and, and that's called... in a place that's really difficult for you to see him in a different way mm-hmm. and for you to process mm-hmm. things. And so you also have to know that because nothing that is good is easy. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Even True. the cake that you eat that is so delicious, that was not easy for somebody to make. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Okay, girlfriend, we have made it to the last three questions. I ask these to every guest that comes on my podcast, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. The first one is, what is one thing that you wish you knew as a 20-something? Man, I, you know, I guess at 20, I wish I knew that I was really enough. I wish I knew that. 
I, I mean, I really did. I, I really thought that um, in my 20s, I strived a lot. And so um, whether it was work or social, I, I, I did a lot of striving. And I wish I knew that it, I didn't have to. I was good enough just as who I was. Mm. Oh, so good. Are there any resources you could put in our hands around this topic? Um, yeah, I think so. One of them, the, the, I'll give you two that are good and like, you have to look in my eyes, okay, and know that these are good for that topic of knowing that you're enough. One of them is Lisa Turkhurst has a book called The Best Yes. Mm. I think that um, that's really good around that topic because when you strive so much, you're never giving your best yes. You're always trying to give somebody something that you technically don't have, right? Um, And then Andy Stanley... Um, has a book entitled The New Rules of Love, Sex, and Dating. And I think it's phenomenal. Um, I I think it's really good. One of the things he says in that book that I've carried with me um, forever is be the person that you're looking for is looking for. Mm. I, I mean, I just love that. So, and I take that with me and tell women that in every aspect of their life, right? So if you're looking for a best friend, be a best friend. Mm-hmm. And then you'll find a best friend. If you're looking for a mate, be the mate that you're looking for. It's no point in you looking for somebody with good credit, a good job, good benefits, fine, healthy, eat right. If you aren't any of that, what what you doing? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that person <laughs> is not gonna find you because you don't have good credit, you don't have a good job, you don't have no benefits, you don't you don't eat right, you're not healthy. <laughs> Y'all are gonna match. You're not gonna find it's not it. gonna work out. So, yeah. So those are two resources I think are really good for that. Yes, I like those a lot. Lisa, mm, she's got she's got some truth yeah. for sure. Uh, That's a good book. Yeah, I've, we've talked about uninvited on the podcast before and other ones. So I'm glad you brought that one up because that's a good one. Lastly, what is refreshing you these days? Um, I, you know, anybody who. So I'll promote this podcast when it comes out, right? Which means that people that really know me will listen to it. Um, And so they will be shocked when I get to this answer. But working out is really refreshing me these Mm days. Um, No one will ever believe that I said that. (laughs) I'm not nice at the gym. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a good student. I don't want to do anything that the trainer says, but, (laughs) um, but I do like it. And I'm going to continue to go because, I feel different. Um, I sense, uh, I see a difference in my clothes and um, I, I'd like to, there's something about being healthy. I mean, it just mm-hmm. is. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it that sounds just as crazy as people having to say, throw kindness around like confetti. I mean, it just seems like <laughs> something that we shouldn't have to say, but I think it's two things that we should say, throw kindness around like confetti and find a way to be healthy. So I, that's what's refreshing me. I, I'm enjoying going for walks slash runs. Mm. I'm enjoying going to the gym. And um, I'm enjoying LaCroix. But now, here's the catch mm-hmm. on that LaCroix thing. I'm going to tell y'all. Y'all can't see me, but I'm showing Emma. I drink the LaCroix that are in the skinny can. Oh, yeah. The ones that are in the regular can 
tastes like somebody burped a flavor in my drink. Like it just doesn't. It's not the same. The ones in the sweet can, Lacroix adds more flavoring to them, so they're better. Mm, so okay. that's what I think. Again, just, I've said so tip. much crazy stuff on this podcast. She is not going to invite me back. <laughs> Y'all would be better for. It. How about that? No. Oh, we're going to be so much better for it. There's so many (laughs) tips and tricks. I mean, come on. How could we not love it? (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you for that tip. I have, I, I like both LaCroix. I'm not a hater on a certain kind, but recently, just another tip for everyone, have tried another sparkling water brand called Waterloo. Ever heard of it? Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. You got to find it. Because it is way better than LaCroix. I said it, okay? And still has no sugar, all the stuff. Waterloo, everyone. It's it's the new craze. Waterloo. Okay, so when this podcast comes out, everybody go and tell her if you tried it, you thought it was good, or you didn't. I am going to look for it and try it. Yes, yeah. Feel free to sponsor me, Waterloo. No problem. Yeah, please sponsor her. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that, this was so funny that I'm so glad she came on. Awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> the best, so thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Retha today. I loved how this episode was so practical. You can find a lot of the resources that we talked about in the show notes down below. You can always look there for resources and different things or check out my website be sure to check Rita out on instagram and i'll catch you next week stay fresh my people